Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of February 13th through February 19th, 2012. Vulnerability activity for the period was increased, highlighted by scheduled releases from Microsoft, Adobe, and Oracle. Additional security advisories and updates were released for the Google Chrome browser, Novell iPrint Client, Citrix Zen Server Web Self-Service, and Lenovo LanDesk Think Management Console. Microsoft released the Microsoft Security Bulletin release for February 2012, including nine bulletins addressing 21 individual vulnerabilities. Complete and correlated information is available in a Cisco event response, including IntelliShield alerts, IPS signature updates, and an applied mitigation bulletin with recommended network-level mitigations. Insights on the Microsoft Security Bulletin release for February 2012 are available on the Cisco Security Intelligence Operations Portal. Oracle released the February 2012 Java SE Critical Patch Update to address multiple security vulnerabilities in multiple Oracle Java SE versions. Adobe released the Shockwave Player and Flash Player February 2012 Security Update to address multiple vulnerabilities in these products. Recently released threat research on the Black Hole Exploit Toolkit reported that this toolkit dominates web vector exploits. Black Hole predominantly attempts to exploit Oracle Java and Adobe vulnerabilities. Although some of these products now include automated update installation, which users should enable. Users should be reminded to check those settings and manually update the products if necessary. Cisco released security advisories and updates for the Cisco NXOS software malformed IP packet denial of service vulnerability and the Cisco IronPort web-based administration interface cross-site scripting vulnerability. In threat activity, the Cisco IronPort Threat Operations Center has reported an increase in travel-related spam messages that include malicious documents or hyperlinks. These malicious messages include fraudulent hotel reservations, airline reservations, and casino messages and advertisements. Details of these malicious messages are in the IntelliShield Threat Outbreak Alerts on the Cisco SIO portal. IntelliShield published 135 events last week, 65 new events, and 70 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the legal risk management category. A Chicago jeweler is sued an IT firm stating that the firm's negligence allowed hackers to access confidential customer data. According to the lawsuit filed, the jeweler was having trouble establishing connectivity to its VPN. Although the work was outside the scope of the IT firm's contract with the jeweler, the IT firm acknowledged the issue and concluded the VPN could not be fixed. In addition, the firm recommended the jeweler go around the VPN solution, assuring the company it would be a safe alternative. 
Subsequently, this circumventing action led to an immediate security breach in which unidentified hackers gained access, installed malicious software on the credit card processing system and other systems, and as a result, removed sensitive data from the jeweler's environment. Just as there are two sides to a coin, analyzing situations such as these immediately provides two viewpoints. The first is ultimately the decisive factor, and that's the fact that the jeweler decided to adhere to the recommendation of the IT firm. This is significant because the second aspect is that the IT firm provided an improper solution to the problem. Moreover, the larger issue is that the customer simply adhered to this bit of bad advice and seemingly did not question the solution provided by the firm. The thought here is, how much does an organization trust or rely on its trusted advisors? Organizations tend to contract consulting firms and partners to fulfill the areas where they aren't as effective and or, or where they simply lack expertise. Therefore, it stands to reason that when the consulting firm or partner provides advice or solutions, the organization should or likely will trust those solutions because the organization lacks the ability to create those solutions on its own. That said, the irony and challenging aspect to this relationship is that the responsibility and accountability for the end customer still fall on the shoulders of the organization. And next, in the trust risk management category, an opinion article in Wired magazine last week brought to the forefront a commonly used method of gaining access to websites and services using the OAuth protocol. By using OAuth, authorization for third-party websites doesn't require creation of a new account on the new website or service. Instead, the website where you already have an account will issue a token for authenticating to the third-party site. This protocol eases password administration duties by reusing access you already have, but it can also allow access into your existing account from the third-party site. You may already be using the OAuth protocol if you've ever used your Facebook or Gmail account to access a third-party site or service. The chain of trust when using such authentication methods can grow long and wide. When we use tokens issued by Facebook, Gmail, or other accounts, those additional applications get access to our Facebook pages or our email accounts. And although no evidence exists of malicious intent, the takeaway from this is to be very careful which services you allow access to. Using third-party services, particularly those with potential access to sensitive information, it may be better advice to never use your access to a service as credentials to access a different service. And never use weak passwords or reuse a password from one site to another. Myriad programs and applications are available for password management, and many of them able to sync across different platforms. These applications both provide auto-logging capabilities and can generate strong passwords. The website mypermissions.org provides shortcuts to each of the authentication settings pages of the major email and social media sites. And this week in the human risk management category, the video of the North Carolina father Tommy Jordan issuing a rebuttal to his daughter's Facebook post and then shooting her laptop is all the rage these days. Jordan's daughter posted a letter on Facebook relying on certain Facebook restrictions to prevent her parents from seeing the letter, in which she expressed her frustration with all the chores she has to do at home and that her parents are ungrateful. While the daughter had hidden her post from her family group, 
she failed to account for the fact that her parents would see it through the use of an account that had been set up for the family's dog. Much of the public focus on this incident has been on the daughter's letter about her parents and the father's subsequent reaction by recording his response, both his verbal diatribe and his firing of a forty-five caliber bullets into the laptop. However, the more important message here is that it's challenging to ensure that the information posted on social media outlets is restricted to those you intend to see it. Facebook's made progress in providing mechanisms within its privacy settings to keep certain information shared only with people you trust, and as we highlighted in a recent Cisco security blog post. But using these settings alone doesn't always guarantee your information won't reach an unintended audience. Just ask Tommy Jordan's daughter. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category, India's Supreme Court this month revoked all 2G mobile licenses granted since 2008 amid a corruption scandal that's paralyzed the Indian government for the past year. The licenses are said to have been granted by corrupt telecom officials at below market prices, ostensibly depriving Indian citizens of billions of dollars in potential government money that could have been used for badly needed infrastructure upgrades, education, and social programs. Foreign companies did not participate in the original license deals, but later partnered with Indian companies that were granted the cheap licenses. Details on how and whether companies whose licenses were revoked will be compensated remain sketchy. The Supreme Court's move cuts both ways. On the one hand, investors see the house cleaning as part of a necessary process, particularly in what many perceive otherwise to be something of a governance vacuum. Long term, it bodes well for accountability and transparency and should serve as as evidence that India is serious about cleaning up corruption and enforcing the rule of law. Shorter term, it calls into question whether investors can be confident that a contract will be honored and whether activist courts are preferable to reliable legislative bodies. Telecom investments are risky enough without doubts about whether government-granted licenses will be honored. To be fair, this move also may serve as a reminder of the importance of clear-eyed due diligence for foreign investors doing telecom acquisitions, particularly in emerging markets whose laws and business environment may be just coming up to speed. For now, India's telecom sector is in in upheaval. Foreign investment is down, and India's Congress party-led government is seen as floundering. With luck, India will reemerge in a year or two with a stronger government, uh, accountability, and better enforcement of laws so that foreign investors can, with confidence, bring back the cash that will help boost India's economy. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.